Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey, I'm Aaron. Hey, I'm John. And this is Pastors and Pizza. I'm Josh, and this is Pastors and Pizza. A podcast where three very unqualified three pastors. Very unqualified pastors consume some of the best, best and worst and worst pizzas Western Washington has to offer. Washington has to offer. While trying to make sense of our faith, figure out how it connects. How it connects to the world around us. We believe the best conversations happen over food. So pull up a chair, grab a slice, pour a cold one, and come along with us. Wherever it is we are going. Wherever it is we're going. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Pastors and Pizza. I'm John, and I'm here with my bud. I'm Aaron. Hi. Aaron, he had to finish that, that the little bite he was chewing on there. That's right. Well, welcome welcome back to Pastors and Pizza. So this, uh, this episode, we decided for kind of a, a variety of reasons <laughs> um, to do a frozen pizza showdown. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, we we needed kind of maybe a, a quick win on the the time standpoint, and and on the budget standpoint probably. Let's not lie; it's the beginning of the year. Yeah. So uh, we decided um, to to explore some frozen pizzas. We actually did a little bit of research, and found a list from TastingTable.com wow. of best frozen pizzas, and so we tried to target some of those, but. After an extensive search of three local grocery stores, we were unfortunately in the un- booming metropolis of Monroe. Huge, huge city of Monroe. Went to all three grocery stores. So Safeway, Not a grocery outlet, I guess. Okay, three, yeah, three primary grocery stores: Safeway, Fred Meyer, and Walmart. Could not find the number one pizza on the tasting table list. So, which, un- believe it or not, was Tombstone. Yeah, Aaron and I were both a little shocked when we were looking at the list. It's the Tombstone Roadhouse Loaded Double Down Deluxe Pizza, <laughs> which not only sounds like a mouthful, apparently there's a lot of toppings on there, so it literally is a mouthful. <laughs> See, dad jokes for the new year. Yeah. So uh, what, we, what we did end up with here, and we're going we're gonna to probably do two rounds at least. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of the, frozen pizza. Of the frozen pizza. One of the things I discovered, because I'm going to be honest, I don't eat a lot of frozen pizzas. Me either. A little, um, a little bit. Like, so the, I'll say this. The one thing that we didn't talk about either was Costco. They've just got that flat-out four Kirkland brand. It's pretty good. They're pretty basic. They're yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I will say that when I, when I have had frozen pizza in the kind of recent history here, it's probably been from Costco mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. But Costco not convenient. Didn't didn't go to Costco. Um, but one of the things that I really discovered as I was searching for these pizzas was the vast number of frozen pizza options that ah, exist. Vast. So, John, I'll let you maybe take a bite here, and I'll jump in. When John says vast, there's literally, depending on where you go, the entire case in one side at Fred Meyer, for me, the last time I looked, Mm -hmm. was filled with frozen pizza offerings. Yes. I mean, filled. And I'm like, what in the world? I've never been that into it. I'm probably going cheap. 
or going something that's familiar to me, maybe California pizza or whatever, right? But frozen has always just been like convenient, quick, like you said, an easy win, so to speak. But man, I'm not gonna joke around. We got some deep dish today. We're gonna talk about that. We got kind of a plain one that's good, decent, one that's really good, and then one that was like, meh, it kind of tastes frozen, like it was a frozen yeah. offering. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's obviously a time and a place for, for frozen pizzas, right? There, you have one in your, your freezer, it's convenient, you, you want some pizza, you pull it out, you cook it. Um, maybe you weren't wanting to go get something or have it delivered or whatever. So there's a, there's a time and a place. Don't but, worry, I've got dinner tonight frozen pizza right and you know there there is some some value to be had mm -hmm. there but that i'm gonna be honest again that one of the su other surprises was how expensive frozen pizzas actually are a lot of them and this was the other thing that was weird so three grocery stores in monroe we were looking for i was looking for originally the screaming sicilian bessie's revenge cheese pizza had you heard of that before john or did well, you just so, see it on this list I hadn't heard of that specific flavor or or title of that pizza, but Screaming Sicilian I had heard of. I had never tried, but uh, I I'm uh, not much of a music listener, so I don't pay for Spotify Premium. I just use the free version, and so I get ads. And frequently over the last several months, when I'm at the at the gym and have Spotify going, I've heard ads for Screaming Sicilian pizza. And they claim in the ads that they are, I don't know if they say the best, but I think they say one of the best pizzas. And then we saw number two on this tasting table list was the Bessie's Revenge cheese pizza. Okay, so that was one that we had targeted. Went first to Safeway, found it at Safeway. It was $12.29 mm -mm. for a frozen cheese pizza at Safeway. They're proud of it, it's the best. Yes. So I could not find some of the other pizzas we had targeted, so I decided, well, I'll go to Fred Meyer, see if they've got all the ones that we're looking for there. Got there, and they didn't have all the ones we were looking for, but they had probably a bigger selection. Right. And the Screaming Sicilian pizzas at Fred Meyer are normally $10.99, no, $10.49, excuse me, uh, but they were on sale for $9.99, so a whopping 50 cent savings. Hey. But then they had to buy one, get one free. BOGO. But they did not have Bessie's Revenge. Hmm. They I only mean, had pepperoni and then a couple other kinds. So life, life has to be about compromise sometimes. Ended up getting a, a couple of Screaming Sicilian pizzas there um, because you bought one, you got one free. So yeah. we've got a free one uh, stuck away for a future time. <laughs> um, and then I went to Walmart mm. just to see what the differences were in selection and see if I could nice. find this elusive tombstone pizza. I appreciate all the effort, by the way. Yes, I mean, it was, it was a, a little bit of time a couple mornings ago. Um, went to Walmart. They did also have the Screaming Sicilian. They did have Bessie's Revenge. Mm. But since I'd already bought a couple of Screaming Sicilians, I was like, well, I guess we're not trying Bessie's Revenge. We're not going But the thing that I found interesting was that Screaming Sicilian at Walmart, six ninety eight. Oh, gosh. Well, like, I, how was there so much variability in price of the same brand pizza in three stores of the same town? Um, you know, I think that brings up a question for all of you um, economics majors out there, maybe even marketing to a certain degree. But if we're just going to put it on the table, <laughs> pun intended, Walmart tends to be 
almost across the board, less expensive on just about everything. And then they'll randomly have something that costs significantly more than Freddy's or Safeway. And I'm just it's, like, it's I don't the, get it. The buying power of Walmart, I think, is probably the answer to that question. Almost but, always. So lots of different things. And then what else? The other thing that was crazy is it's all three stores had you know pretty significant pizza aisles. But there were pizzas that were different at each place. And so all told, I mean, there probably was at least 50 brands of pizza, let alone the different, you know, flavors or, or styles of pizza from each brand. All right. Oh so, it, it, so we're not going to do, be able to do, I mean, tasting table list, this has 30 pizzas on it. Mm. We're not going to be able to get there for you. So mm. sorry, everybody. we're going to do this one. We've got another one planned down the road here. Maybe we get into some more down the road, but I mean, for now you're going to have to, you know. Not only you're you're gonna get six pizzas, but you're gonna have to wait for the next three. So well, and herein lies something that we're not too far away from the Super Bowl. And if you're going for something cheap, you tend to if it's gonna be pizza and it's gonna be cheap, you're thinking Domino's because man, that's pretty cheap. Some of these are more expensive than Domino's. Right, and that was that was kind of one of my my things. So yeah, part of another reason that we decided to do this for y'all on the, on this episode was you know the Super Bowl is coming. Maybe you're gonna have people over. Maybe maybe this is helpful as far as deciding. Hey, what pizzas do we get? And the problem with that is, I mean, unless you're you know a little bit more fancy than we are, and you have two ovens at home, like timing all of the pizzas and cooking the pizzas is kind of an issue if you're having a party, right? Mm-hmm. We here at the office and the church building are fortunate to have three ovens, and so we were able to cook all three pizzas simultaneously. You saying we're friends? Francy? What? We're, we're <laughs> super You French it up all you want. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we've got more ovens than your typical home between our True. office and the church building. So we were able to cook all three pizzas. But maybe frozen pizzas don't work super well for a Super Bowl party because you have to do them in shifts. Like you don't, you can't cook a bunch all at the same time. So, but if you are going to do pizza, maybe this is helpful. It's probably already longer than you wanted on frozen pizzas. But we'll, we'll get into some specifics here. So, what did we end up with, Aaron? We did the Screaming Sicilian Holy Pepperoni. Holy Pepperoni! Uh, again, uh, Spotify, shout out to you since you uh, host our... They don't host it. It's just on there. Uh, our podcast. That was ad there. I hadn't heard about it before. I've met some Sicilians, and t- at least two of them were screaming. So, oh, okay. All right. um, and, you know, it was just pretty basic, you know? It didn't have a bad taste to it. Oh, do you want me to go for the rest of these or just... No, we can talk about that one first, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I love cheese and it was kind of, you know how it is on a, when you're cutting a pizza, especially a frozen pizza, started to cut it and the cheese started to pull away very quickly, immediately seeing a lot of the, the sauce. The pepperoni was good. I would have done it a little bit crispier probably even a little bit longer it's pretty thick i guess is what i'm getting at so that part was yeah the pepperoni ple- was thick slices yeah i was pleasant i liked that holy pepperoni indeed uh but really average i mean for a frozen pizza i hate how this sounds maybe it sounds a little bit like it's not bad it's all right sorry it's, right. it's all right um, yeah, so I mean, it, it, I would say that the Screaming Sicilian Holy Pepperoni was your probably just stereotypical frozen pepperoni pizza. I mean, it was it was 
as average as it probably can get. I will say though, and we're going to talk about this in a second because we have two deep dish offerings that we are comparing to each other. One of the deep dish offerings tasted frozen, like like frozen, heated up, like it had been in there for a long time. You just bought this. And I was not experiencing that with the Screaming Sicilian. It tasted good, basic, but I wasn't like, gosh, this got that. I yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was fresh. I mean, the highlights, probably the, the thick pepperoni was nice. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's just a very standard frozen pizza. Like, you're not getting anything special. Um, obviously, depending on which store you buy it at, mm. if I bought that at $12.29 at Safeway, I'm, I'm frustrated because I literally mm. could get Domino's, I could get probably Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, I mean, kind of the lower end pizza chain places where they cook it for you. Right. And maybe even bring it to you for for less or the same. And the crust has some garlic salty yeah. type stuff. So on I mean at at the six ninety eight Walmart price, all right. That's, I mean it's not bad. Or the nice. buy one get one free like we got at Fred Meyer. Okay, cool value. But uh, yeah, not a not a great pizza. Just kind of a, an average frozen pizza. Yep. All right. So you already you already talked about we got two deep dish pizzas. We got the first one was on the list from Tasting Table. It was I believe at number six. It was the DiGiorno Crispy Pan Pepperoni mm-hmm. at number six on the list. So we, we knew that we were doing frozen pizza. We had to do a DiGiorno pizza. Because if it's DiGiorno, or was it delivery? Is it delivery or DiGiorno? <laughs> exactly. And- <laughs> so we probably should have gotten a more standard DiGiorno because that's kind of more what they feature in the commercials. Uh, but but this was the highest one on the, on the list. So we were like, oh, we'll get that one. My question though is, has anyone ever mistaken a DiGiorno pizza or a, yeah, DiGiorno pizza for delivery? Like anyone actually think that or is that just the people in the commercial because they're trying to sell their frozen pizzas? Exactly, hit us back audience because I can tell you in my experience, no. And especially today. Oh my goodness, John, no offense, but this DiGiorno crispy pan, not very good. Of the three that we looked at, tasted, examined if you will today this is my least favorite it was just blah again it felt maybe even like it didn't thaw out enough and it was hot i cut it it was super warm and hot and it just didn't taste great yeah i would i would agree i mean depending on what style pizza i mean this is you've you've heard us talk about district brewing um probably our our current leader in the the pizza rankings and by far and so these these two deep dish ones are the detroit style pizza like district brewing and so uh, you know we like that style. So if you like that style over just a normal kind of um, pizza, then maybe this would would be higher than the Sicilian one. But yeah, I would agree. It was it was not great. Um, it's very dense. Mm-hmm. The toppings didn't didn't feel great. The mm-hmm. sauce was probably too sweet. Yeah, um, so I mean, again, it's pizza. So I'll definitely eat it. Um, but I, it wasn't I think, great. I think we should bring that up too. Like ultimately, you guys unless it's been dropped on the floor and got some dust on it and stuff whose floor good point mine probably oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean depends depends on the floor yeah. depends on whose bowl it is but anyways here's what i noticed for john and i we're gonna eat pizza we like it but now we're comparing and all that kind of stuff this is not a very good deep dish pizza it's fine it's okay i'd eat it for lunch but the next one Motor City, Motor Motor City Pizza Company. Oh my god! Three meat, and so this one, this one was kind of a, actually a surprise that I found it. 
Okay. Not on the tasting table list. Not sure how hard it is to find. It was only I only saw it at Walmart. I did not see it at Safeway or at Fred Meyer. And the reason it stood out to me, one, like we just talked about with District Brewing, we like that style of pizza. Yep. But two, uh, I I literally just went to District Brewing on uh, a couple days ago on oh. Sunday. It's oh, nice. it's Wednesday currently. So I went to District Brewing, and my brother and I had a conversation mm. about Motor City Pizza huh. because Costco carries it. And he was wondering, hey, have you had this pizza? It's actually really good. And so I saw it at Walmart and I was like, all right, that's got to be one of our pizzas. I'm and so glad what'd you did. What'd you think? Honestly, of the three today, great. It, again, if we're putting this up against um, the district brewing, it's not really a close second for me. But if we're talking about frozen pizza, and I've had deep dish frozen before, this is by far my favorite of that. It was very good. We even like crisped it up a bit. Maybe it was a little overdone. The The crust was still really, really good, really tasty, fairly soft. I love the crispy cheese. You all know that. We're getting a little tired of hearing it, Aaron. I don't really care. But at the end of all of it, great taste, um, enough cheese, enough toppings. I didn't lose it when we cut it. And again, it was pretty crispy. And so... I liked it a lot. How about you? Yeah, I think I mean clearly the top of the of the three that we're having today. Um, if I if I hearken back to frozen pizzas over the years, <laughs> I, I mean I'd say it's it's probably it's probably the best frozen pizza I've ever had. Nice. Um, I mean it's it's light. I mean it's it's just as thick as the DiGiorno one. The, mm-hmm. the thickness is the same, but it felt much lighter. Totally. More airy, uh, more buttery. Mm, nice crisp good. nice crisp to it toppings were good so yeah it was it was a really good pizza it was and i think again going back one other time and i think we might put this on the list eventually i had a california kitchen Is that california pizza kitchen california pizza kitchen frozen that was until today my favorite yeah and so yeah you're right this is probably my favorite frozen and yeah, we might be able to get, we've gone on for a little while here, but we, we might be able to get more into the, the whole pizza discussion uh, down down the road on the next the next one. Um, but I've had a lot of frozen pizzas over my life, right? Not necessarily. Because you're getting old. Because I am getting old. And not so much in the last few years, um, but definitely lifetime. And you know, you've got the kind of the traditional. Totino's. Totino's party pizzas. I've definitely consumed a lot of those. Yes, sir. You know, the, the, the fact that they think you're going to share those is just silly to me. I mean, those things are not, it's a one person pizza. Always. But you get them for like, I mean, I don't know anymore, but back in the day, you get them for like 99 cents or exactly. whatever. Right. And yep. so, yeah, definitely going to eat that pizza. And then you got Round Table, you got Tombstone, we've talked a little bit about already. You got Tony's Pizza. Oh, I mean, these ones have been around for a long time, yep. right? And yes. so definitely a lot of a lot of pizzas over the years. So uh, any any kind of parting thoughts on the, on the pizza discussion here, Aaron? I guess I would say if you are going to, if you're in our area here, the Sky Valley, do a tiny bit of shopping if you hear from what John was saying and you're gonna find, and they're all pretty close to each other, you're gonna find pretty good deals on this, but look for them. If you're not wanting to do that, it would be my uh, recommendation that you probably go to Walmart and find it pretty good and cheap. Though. Yeah, Walmart had a very good selection. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a couple other ones I wanted to maybe pick up just because they seemed unique or um, interesting. Um, did not end up doing that, so maybe we'll add a part three down the road. But 
we'll see. But yeah, um, again, not not horrible pizzas today. Uh, we had one really good one, a couple of just kind of average ones. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it's pizza, so I'll probably get some more when we're done here. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right, we do have some exciting things coming up on the the pizza front, and over the the next few episodes, we actually uh, have a, a scheduled appearance visit, probably is a better word, uh, at North Lake Tavern in the U District. It's on its way out, y'all. So yeah, that's one that uh, that I've wanted to try for years and years and years in the U District, mm -hmm. and you would think with all the time I've spent in the U District of football games and going to school there, to school there that right? I I would have tried it. Never have. Um, it is closing at the end of January, so we're going to try and make our way there uh, in a week, week or so, and and record our our North Lake Tavern experience. Wow! And then my uncle got us pizza from there before, but I've never been there. Before. Okay, so Aaron, so Aaron's not a rookie here; he's got some experience. Uh, a lot of years ago. And then we've got another frozen pizza showdown coming up down the road, and then uh, there's another one that I'm, I'm probably going to hold off on on announcing just yet because uh, we I kind of screwed up some of the logistics on making it happen um but it's a very exclusive pizza option in edmonds Ooh. that uh, hopefully will be coming up in the not too distant future hey does anybody agree with me that seems pretty much what you would think about edmonds exclusive, exclusive. pizza experience oh yes absolutely okay great. so all right that's all we've got for the the pizza discussion uh we apologize for the length but there was a lot that needed to go into this to set up the, the frozen stuff so. I, I make no apologies Okay. All right. We'll be back here in a, in a minute with uh, some some additional discussion. Yeah. See you soon. All right, we are back. Thanks again for joining us on Pastors and Pizza. We are in a brand new year. Happy 20, 2023, y'all. 2023. It's the Jordan year. Oh, all right, all right. Maybe, I don't know if anybody's even saying that. What do you do with the 20 part? Um, it's been 20 years since he's really all that relevant. Oh. Ooh, dang it. All right. Sorry, MJ. Talking about the goat. You know what? I, mean, I got this shirt that says... The goat is the lamb. Oh, all right. All right. The real goat. That's right. All right. So uh, new year, um, typically start of a, a new year. We have, you know, new year's resolutions, maybe like in a corporate environment. There's kind of new goals that get put out there. A lot of times people just take the opportunity to, to reflect and maybe challenge themselves to, mm -hmm. to grow. Any anything you've got going on with uh, with resolutions or goals or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I love that. Um, I really always look at the beginning of the new year, really the end of the old one, but the beginning of the new year and that week between, right? To just try to take some time for some assessment, maybe go for a walk or go for a drive or whatever, and just think through, you know, what are some things, Lord, that you've got for me to change, and what are some things that I've been ignoring that I know I'm supposed to change, or what are things that I need to keep doing better or double down on? And so really, um, this might come as a little bit of a shock to some of the people, but um, for me, I don't love setting those because I feel like you make this big deal out of the beginning of the year. And then by February, March at the most, you're just like mm -hmm. petered out. So 
This is well, that's why you got to do the smart goals, bro. Oh, tell us about that. Hold on. Would you say your experience as a project manager brings you to this smart goal conversation right now? Um, I mean, yes, only because as a corporation, we would we would create goals. Right. But the project, my role as a project manager didn't really have anything to do with people's goals. I mean, I would say the project didn't really have goals. had more of an objective, right? Sure. Um, but that's and that's kind of where I have most experience with creating goals from a kind of corporate smart goal standpoint. And right. maybe I can remember all of those so specific, measurable, actionable. Sure. Why not? Responsible and time bound. Wow. I don't know. We might have to. We might have to look that up. It's been it's been a while since I've done smart goals. It's been a minute. Let's, uh... So you're saying that, and I will say the truth is, I, as a disciplined slash undisciplined individual, don't always make those. I make the big, hairy, audacious goals. All right. So, sorry, I, lo I looked it up. It is specific, measurable, mm -hmm. achievable, mm -hmm. relevant, mm -hmm. and time-bound. That's good. So I, I got a, a couple of them, but not not all of them. So well, those, that's smart goals. Um, I think if you're if you're going to set actual goals, especially in a workplace where where you might be compensated um, or keep your job based off of, of those kinds of things, yes, sir. Then I think it's it's definitely a good format. That's probably uh, just a, a good standard mm -hmm. for people. Just like to, you know, because you, you talked about one of the one of the issues is is by February, like these resolutions, you start out, you know, you're in the gym that first day, but then you kind of peter out. And by February, it's like, oh, do I have a gym membership? I didn't, I forgot. Oh yeah, I have one and I'll, not me personally, but we end up paying for something we don't right. utilize. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're serious, then I, I mean, I think writing them down, making sure that they're specific enough that you know what you're trying to accomplish, that you can actually measure whether you're making progress. Is it something you can, can actually achieve yeah. Is it is it relevant? Like, is it is it does it matter? Essentially, like, absolutely. I could I could create a goal about you know, you know, identifying sharks in the South Pacific or whatever, <laughs> but like, who cares? Like, that's not relevant. Um, <laughs> and then really interesting. Yeah, and then time bound. You know, you you got to kind of box it in, so it's, mm -hmm. it's not just this nebulous, endless thing, right? And so, so I think that's good. But so, you were too. you were starting to talk about do you do you have anything specifically that you've been wanting to do this year? Yeah, I do, and I mean, again, this sounds a little <laughs> bit nebulous, but it really isn't. It's memorize a Bible verse once a week. Just finding myself battling that because memorizing was something for me that I used to do a whole lot of, and I didn't even think twice about it. I just kind of did it, but. So we're in week two. Do you want to hit us up with yeah, one, mean, one or two? I'll, I'll give you one. I'm still working on the second, but the, the first one was John 3.30. And it's really simple, but it is my greatest goal for 2023. And that's, he must increase, but I must decrease. More Jesus in 2023, more focusing on him, more making him known. I mean, we're pastors, and so you're supposed to do all that. Christians are supposed to do that. But I know that he's called me out to some things. And I'll just say this really quick. Had a discussion, which was really more of an argument with my wife, um, about drinking. And 
So I was like, I don't drink to get drunk. I drink because I like the taste. She doesn't like it. Where's Jesus at in all of that? I don't drink to make something finally good or deal with something that's bad. But I can say with all of my uh, heart, my wife Kathy is one of the greatest accountability, well, the greatest accountability partner outside of Jesus, outside of his spirit. And so that's a commitment. Like I just, I don't have to drink. I don't, there's lots of times I don't, but now I'm just like less and less of that feels appealing and so I might have something with my family or friends but even just purchasing it and all that kind of stuff I just don't need it and that felt like an immediate application to the he must increase I must Hmm. decrease it was something that I like it's a simple pleasure for me my wife doesn't like the smell of it she doesn't want there to be money spent on it she's not some prude she's just saying this real now I could say well what about black licorice I don't like that smell. I don't like that taste. I don't want that around. I don't want anybody to pay for it with my money and all that. But that's not the point. That would be just pushing back that I had a conviction in my heart. Besides, beer has actually started to give me indigestion, which is there, there, there you go. Hard to say. How so, about yeah, you, we're, man? we're actually um, in a little bit going to get into some some marriage stuff. So, that's I a good. might have been putting that on there. Yeah, I mean, little... you, you're kind of priming the pump here a little bit. Indeed. So, um, so, you talked about memorizing, not necessarily eliminating alcohol, but reducing the, mm-hmm. the consumption. Uh, any, anything else you got going uh, this year? Yeah, I mean, reading through books with my children i started that last year with my youngest children because they still actually want to or at least endure it or really i'm able to make them and so that's been good i just really want to try to go through a few series to go through some more um, biography books of uh, missionaries and stuff so how about you John? Wow. all right uh i didn't really set anything um super specific i don't well, it's not. I mean, I, sometimes I'll, I'll kind of really get into the New Year's resolution kind of a deal, and, and most of the time I don't. Um, so I've got kind of some some general things, which totally goes against this, the smart goals we talked about a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but some similar similar stuff. I mean, I do want to to do better at at memorizing. I have not yet set out a, a specific plan for that, um, but I, I do feel like that's something that uh, that I need to do, and you know, with our society and maybe the way we can see things going down the road here. I mean, yes. it, it's good to have that stored up in your heart, right? Hallelujah. And so, um, so that's something I want to do. Uh, was was pretty convicted here recently. Um, heard of a a young boy in our congregation who memorized the entire book of James. Mm. And uh, that was, wow. you know, only a little bit convicting as one of the pastors at his church <laughs> that uh, doesn't have anything remotely like that memorized. Oh so. gosh, nor I, not a whole entire book, no way. Yeah, so so that uh, something I want to do. Uh, I definitely feel like I, I waste more time than I I should on just kind of mindless mm-hmm. television or whatever. Just get get home and want to veg and. And so I've done that quite a bit. So I do want to get back into to maybe reading, being more, a little more productive with my time. Um, so that's that's something I'm going to try to do. Again, not something super specific as far as uh, you know. How I don't like you know a few years ago I, I wanted to read a certain number of books in the in the year. Nineteen in 2019. Uh, it was eighteen and eighteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, don't have that necessarily in mind, but uh, want to do that. I did start a new 
daily devotional. So, you know, just sticking mm-hmm. with that nice. um, yes. is, is something I want to do. That, real quick? So we uh, it's called Daily Strength. It's a, it's a men's, men's devotional and essentially takes you kind of high level through the entire Bible. Um, doesn't hit every chapter and verse, but it, I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. starts off in Genesis and progresses and nice. takes some of the high points. And so, yes. uh, so I've been, been doing that and want to stick with that, obviously. And, and then, you know, just as being a, a better dad, better husband, mm-hmm. those, those kinds of things that are, again, not super specific, but just something that I'm just constantly reminded of my, my need to do. Amen, bro. And again, we're going to get to that. I will say this about what we're going to talk about and about these kind of goals, like the he must increase, I must decrease kind of thing. That is not time bound, and yet it totally is because it's daily. Yeah. You've got to. I've got to. That's what we're called to. And holiness is coming our way. Yep. So, yeah, that's, I mean, as far as like new new year, new goals, all that kind of stuff, it's, um, that's kind of where, where we've been at. Any, anything in the, the last couple of weeks that has uh, stood out to you in your, your wanderings, your conversations, your, your time? Yeah, really quick. Uh, so, we're going through the I am statements of Jesus in um, John, and there's seven of them in addition to the actual flat out I am before Abraham was born I am and there's this guy and um, I apologies to him I don't know really who he is I kind of looked him up a little bit but Nathan R. Johnson it's the N.R. Johnson Sermon Podcast I really enjoyed it um, he is just a kind of a little bit quirky in his delivery and he's on which I'm not throwing rocks I get it but on his was like a Thursday night class type thing that he was teaching on this. And he's just really, really informative. He's He tries to make it attainable for guys like me and maybe even his audience. And so that was good and helpful. And there's a whole lot to all that. And so I, I would recommend that. Check that out if you want to hear some additional teaching. What about you? Nice. Um, yeah, nothing super specific standing out. I've been, been trying to go through... I start a, a book called, um, I don't remember what it's called now. It's the Disciplines. Gosh, I'm going to, I apologize. I'm going to have to look that up probably. But um, well, basically, you read it yet. It, I mean, it. yeah, it's four, it's four men. It's uh, disciplines, like godly disciplines. It's not the spiritual disciplines that, you know, Richard Foster necessarily. Oh, sure, but, sure. Um, along, along those lines. Um, and so I've been going through that book a, a couple chapters in. Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, there's probably a little bit that I'll bring out during the, our discussion a little bit later about marriage, but, uh, just trying to do that. Um, you know, I do still college football just finished this week. That's definitely yeah, right. something that takes up a lot, a lot of my time. How's your grading um, process? bro? Uh, no, I'm actually good. So my dogs finished the season eighth in the country Come on! after finishing last season with eight losses. So pretty good turnaround, if I say so myself here. (laughs) They couldn't have done it without me. Couldn't have done it without me. The the few games that I cheered at were all the difference. Um, But, I mean, that takes up a lot of my my time i mean maybe you can consider that wasting time maybe maybe not but uh that the championship just finished so we're, we're down to like 284 days or something like that until the the first game of of this next season you so i'm look, looking forward to it tick tock of the the clock there. yeah i'm he, i mean in my in my dog year as we speak washington uh, wednesday getting, getting ready uh we'll see how they do with expectations next year because they're going to be expected to, to be good next year where they weren't mm. really this year so right um yeah so I've been been doing that. That's over now. 
um, you know, watch a couple movies. I'm gonna just tell you if you guys are fans of like DC comics, mm-hmm. maybe you'll feel differently about this. But Black Adam had to have been one of just the dumbest movies I've ever seen. I've never even seen it. It's that's the one with the Rock, right? That's the one with the Rock. It's just it's just a dumb movie. And I, I mean, I, I so someone who likes dumb movies, like I like, <laughs> I like kind of just mindless action flicks. Yep. I don't have to think too much and whatever. You just watch and enjoy. Yeah, this this was bad. Mm. Uh, Thanks for I, the warning. I won't even spend. Then time. I watched it. Watched a movie the other night called The Menu, which was supposed to be kind of a a Knives Out esque like mystery kind of a, a deal. Mm. And yeah, it wasn't on the level of Knives Out. It was kind of weird and just yeah. I mean, I don't know. So, been if you're if you're a movie maker out there listening to this, I'm, which I'm sure you're not. There aren't any of those. But if you are, let's step up the game a little bit. Let's go. Guys. Let's go. And girls. I mean, COVID's over. We can start filming stuff again. I mean, it's not over. I don't don't send me hate mail. Mm. It's not over necessarily. But I mean, as far as restrictions and right. some of those things go, right. like people are now filming movies and that's a thing again. So let's start making some decent movies. Let's get after it, friends. Come on. All right. So yeah, that's about it uh, going on for me. Um, I think we're going to transition here. We, we hinted at it. Uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man. Aaron just just pointed it out in my own notes. Uh, what the book is called. So there you go. Disciplines of a Godly Man. You're I, it, I told you it's discipline and man and you know stuff in there. There only two chapters. Yeah. So Don't we're we're good. Uh, so we're going to transition. Uh, we started hinting a little bit um, at what we're going to be talking about. We're actually going to be talking about marriage. And speaking of that, that's I mean that's one of the things that's that's kind of been front and center here in the new year for both of us that's right you and kathy had uh, your anniversary last week what what number are we talking that was our 33rd anniversary 33rd okay and then my anniversary with my wife is tomorrow yes sir 27 years congratulations and so you guys are lucky in our discussion here you've got two guys with a combined total of 60 years of marriage and we're still pretty clueless. So and, yeah, maybe you're not so lucky. You'll you'll probably find out very soon in the conversation that maybe that's not so. Maybe we need sixty more before we have Couple something to of say. Guys talking about marriage without our wives here, yeah. which they probably wouldn't come in. Well, out so okay, anyway. so not to throw my wife under the bus. Ooh, yeah, be careful. Uh, and we're not in the the actual marriage discussion yet. So right. if I'm gonna throw her under the bus, this is the time to do it, this right? Is the time. I did ask. If she would be interested, her and Kathy, I mean, I asked about her specifically, but uh, the idea was that we'd, we'd invite her and Kathy to the show with us to have this discussion. And she she was not excited about that option. I don't know okay. if Kathy would have wanted to. I'm going to guess that not, she probably wouldn't be super excited about it, but she probably would have. She probably would have. She would have definitely had to have her partner, Christina, with her if that was going to happen. Yeah, so... Um, that sounded weird. They're not married. So Sorry. My, my wife neglected to come on the show, even with the offer of free pizza. Frozen pizza. Well, I mean, at the time, I thought we were we were doing the schedule a little bit differently, so I thought it was maybe going to be not, not frozen pizza. <laughs> but yeah, Sweeten it would have turned out to be frozen pizza, which is just super exciting for anybody. Ooh. So uh, anyway, all that to say... Uh, our anniversaries are, are both in January early on. And so that's just obviously something we're, we're thinking about and wanting to, to so love our wives and honor our wives. And so we thought, hey, 
why not talk about marriage? So we'll take a, a quick little break and then we will be back to discuss marriage. See you soon. talk about marriage we um, like we pre- previously mentioned be- between the two of us have a combined 60 years of marriage each to to one woman which not, not the same woman. not the same woman each each independently have our own wife and have been married to that one wife see the entire time not that great all right all right so so i mean that i don't want to necessarily toot our horns but that's i mean that's pretty remarkable honestly in this day and age today for sure and we're not even into our 60s yet so so this isn't our second marriage that finally worked you know yeah and the other thing again i don't i mean i, I didn't do anything to deserve this or earn this or whatever but i know this is a little bit different on on your side of things um but my my family so my parents have been married for over 50 years that's so wonderful my in-laws have been married for over 50 years my sister has been married to the same man for 30-ish years. Let me a little bit more than that. My brother's been married for 30, 27 years to the same woman. Uh, my sister, Wait a minute. You guys got married in the same year? Uh, we got married about six or so months apart. If you don't know, our dear listeners, John is a twin. So yeah. look at them twinning. On and then, well, and then, so then my, my sister-in-law, so my wife's sister, has also been married for uh, coming up in March on 27 years. They got they got married a couple months after we got Ooh, married. So we. Uh, so a long lineage yes. of marriage. Yes. Um, I know you've got some of that in your family, but not a little bit. Not necessarily. Yeah. No divorce is definitely part of yeah. mine and Kathy's backgrounds, and so yeah. And my mom is married to my dad, and they've been married for 30 lots more than that 40 years almost but the reality is it's been a long long path we don't have the longevity on any side generationally we have uh, quite a bit of divorce except for my grandparents Marilyn and Herb Day they went through a ton but they married each other and stayed married to each other until they both passed nice and so I mean as as pastors we would we would both say Marriage is a big deal, right? Absolutely. And you know why? Because it's a big deal to God. He's the one that initiated, instituted it. He says in Ephesians, bro, that marriage is a picture of his love for his bride, the church. And so I love that. He gives this great explanation about marriage and how to be married and how to do well laying down your life submitting to one another this is in ephesians 5 21 out of reverence for christ but he's like after all that this is a profound mystery but i'm talking about christ and the church so that's why i know it's a big deal to him and i want to honor him with that and it's been a lot of hard work and a joke but it's not really a joke it feels like it's been more hard work for kathy than for me and part of that is my selfishness and moms tend to really understand ladies you tend to understand what it means to lay down your life and to give up all kinds of stuff. My mother hasn't eaten a hot meal in whatever years it says in the Christmas story. And and so I I definitely believe that it's a picture of God's love for us. 
because right. his word says so, and I've seen it. Yeah. So, as, so as important as it is uh, for us, you know, each individually for our our own marriages, uh, for our our role as pastors, um, ultimately, it's it's just a picture. Amen. Right. It's not it's not the end all be all. It's it's an example. That's right. And obviously not a perfect example because it's Cause humans we're, and we're, we're not, not we're not perfect. <laughs> yeah. But it's an example um, to to really show us what the the real story is, and that's that's Jesus and His church, Ooh, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so I actually I I saw a quote. I was reading through this book. It's called "Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel" by Ray Ortland. Mm, that sounds. And great. there was this uh, example in there about um, when you get married. It's kind of like moving into a fully furnished house hmm. and you you got to kind of figure out how you want the furniture like where you want the furniture to go does oh, some of it wow. need to be moved does it need to be replaced does it you know and so you kind of come into this this thing with maybe these expectations these ideas these thoughts and you're like oh wait there's already some th- furniture here mm. <laughs> so we need to figure that out first wow. right we need to we need to figure that out and so i thought that was a was a pretty good example and you know what, what rooms need to be emptied out that's really good like where can we where can we look in our own lives individually and think oh okay i need to work on some stuff gosh to that end john think about how chrissy has different opinion on what looks good and what she'd like to keep you know in a room like literally with a room with furnishing and decoration and all that i know that kathy and i don't always have the same opinion on furniture and all of that and that's so real in marriage what you guys bring to the table and like don't touch that that's not that was like a no-go don't go to that area so that's the holiness that i know the holy spirit comes after the refining the sanctification is coming into that furnished place now what do we do with all of this right yeah and sorry i actually misspoke that was the the other book I've, I've been reading is the disciplines of a godly man is where that that little anecdote is from oh nice and it, it says in there that marriage helps empty those rooms Ooh, which is scary yes because we that's like what i know that's what i came into this marriage with and what my bride brings into the marriage and it's like we cling to those things that we're comfortable with and God's like, not just constantly trying to blow up comfort zones, but blow them up when it's keeping us from him, from holiness, from loving people the way we're supposed to in marriage. Uh, gosh, I think it, I can't remember who the, the guy was that said it, but marriage is about holiness, mm-hmm. not about happiness. Yep. But when we're aiming for that holiness, we're aiming for God to have his way in us and the tension and all that. We're gonna get blessed. We're gonna have happiness. But if you're aiming for happiness, you're gonna miss the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I mean, you've done far more weddings and premarital counseling than I have. I've only done I've only done a few. You've done is it in the hundreds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so you've done done a lot. But I think what we both could probably um, share and have have seen in in those times is that you you know you and just from my own experience before i got married going to premarital counseling oh, sure you think you've got all the answers oh, right gosh yeah. like oh yeah, yeah yeah i don't thanks pastor i i think we're good we don't really fight very much we we communicate well we've got it all dialed in mm. there's no issues <laughs> right have you ever you ever kind of gotten that vibe from couples fairly consistently i mean oh thank you thank you no we're good yeah 
consistently. And and no matter how hard we push, like, hey, you're gonna want to talk about this and figure this out beforehand. It's it's always kind of the rosy picture. Like, no, we're good. Mm -hmm. You're that's not that may be other couples, but that's not us. Right. Right. That's why, honestly, in premarital counseling, I I love the assessment tools. I think all those things are great. We go through uh, what's called a questionnaire and an assessment that Nate Hedinga and um, gosh, Roger Hillerstrom had put together and I've kind of tweaked it and made it my own. I know that Jan Hedinga is a part of that as well. And then talking to my bride and going through all these different things, I push. I, I'm like, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, but you're real people. It's like a constant refining moment to be under the same roof with somebody, whether it's your kids or your spouse or roommates at college or whatever, but especially in marriage. There's no off-ramp, so to speak, so now you got to deal with it. And so I'm like, this is going to hit you later. Go ahead and put this one in the belt if you think you're fine with it right now, but it is going to. And God is faithful to complete the work that he begins in us. Whether we want him to or not, he's going to bring that. So if you're committed to Christ, you are going to have these issues. What started out as... She's unlike anybody I've ever met. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. He's so wonderful. I've never met a man. He makes me feel so good. Not too long afterwards, I don't understand them. They're not like anybody I've ever met. I mean, in a bad way. In yeah. a bad way. And it, it'll constantly do that. But I will say this, John, and we've talked a lot about this. Friction creates traction if you deal with it, if you move right. and you learn. If it's just friction, just tension, just pain. It's a lot of smoke and smell. Yeah, and damage, right? Yeah. Those tires yeah. get damaged. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's like with a lot of things, though, right? We, we go into these things, and we don't, we don't know what we don't know, oh, right? And so we think we've got it all figured out and dialed in, and, and we don't. Mm-hmm. And people can point it out to us that, hey, you, you don't know all of the things that you think you know. And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like that with, with parenting. It's like that when you're a kid growing up. That's right. Um, you know, you want, as a parent, you, you try and warn your kids of certain things or maybe steer That's them good. certain ways. And, you know, yeah. and, and ultimately, you, you've got to, there's just some lessons you have to learn yourself. Jobs are that way too. Yeah, and, and marriage, marriage is one of those things. So uh, I want to bring up a, a quote that I saw in, in this book again. It's called The Disciplines of a Godly Man. And there's a chapter here on marriage. And he, he talks about this guy named Mike Mason. He's, he's an author of a book called The Mystery of Marriage. Mm. And he says in that book, pretty pointedly, that marital love is like death. Boy, that sounds pleasant, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound great? But maybe help us understand that, what what he's talking about there. Well, a shout out to one of my mentors, Steve Mitchells. He says, if it looks like death and it tastes like death and it smells like death, it's death. You know what death is? Is the end of something, right? Now, by God's grace, everybody, death does not stay the final victor. Jesus rose from the dead and he's the life and the resurrection and all that, like it says in John 11. But marital, what is it? Marital love is marital like love death. is like death. It is a dying to yourself. You don't get to win all of the time. You know the guy that says, "I told you I loved you when we got married. If anything changes, I'll let you know." Uh, he's gonna have to die to that, or he's killing his wife mm-hmm. in her soul and mm-hmm. in her heart. The idea of laying down your life, like it says in Ephesians five, right? That is a death reference to Jesus, like Christ laid down his life for the church. So marital love 
is this covenantal love. I'm committing like God commits on the behalf of my spouse. I'm giving myself for her. And if I'm hanging on to me and hanging on to my stuff, I'm not dying to myself. I'm not laying down myself. That's selfishness. Mm-hmm. And we all have it, every one of us. And so that's my picture. But you you saw that, and you're the one that brought this to my attention. How does that land for you? That well, so so I guess what, what I'll say is probably the, the biggest thing that I have learned in 27 years of marriage tomorrow. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Is how selfish I am. That's probably the number one thing that I have learned. Wow. That I am super selfish. And it's like as a, as a parent, I mean, it's a similar thing. Like the, the, probably the biggest thing I've learned is how, how much I need to do a better job following God, right? Because you, you see in your, I mean, I've, got, I've got great kids, but there's yeah. times where you're just like, man, they just don't get it. Why can't they just mm. do what I'm asking them to do? And why can't they mm. see that I want what's best for them? And, right. right? So it's kind of the same, same kind of thing is with, with wow. marriage is I've, I've seen how selfish I am. And you know, obviously in the moment, I don't usually think that. Mm-hmm. I think how wrong my wife is. I need to correct her. Yeah, she, she needs to understand where I'm coming from. She needs to be fixed. She needs all the... But no, I'm, I'm selfish, and I, I need to die mm. to myself daily. Amen. And that's, that's what the call is. That's what, that's, that's, what, right. that's what marriage is. It's not about... I mean, you, obviously, in our society, you hear a lot about happiness in marriage mm-hmm. or, or love. And obviously, both of those things in marriage are great. <laughs> you should sure. want those things, sure. right? Um, but marriage marriage is not ultimately about happiness Mm -hmm. and even ultimately it's not about your love for one another it's ultimately your love for god and how does how does your marriage reflect that john that's so good and so again what i've learned in my own marriage for 33 years witnessing my parents marriage and other people's marriages and then helping in the hundreds and that's the glory of God that I've been able to do that and I haven't always been probably as helpful as I'd like to be but I've learned that if you have a commitment to love one another you actually don't have the same commitment sounds like you do but you don't and let me explain it really quick Aaron loves Kathy and Kathy loves Aaron we love differently we receive love differently we have different view on what that is yep so we don't actually meet anywhere in the middle we have a different goal there right now if we yeah so but yeah just to kind of expand on that or maybe help help frame that a little bit so yeah i mean great book for those of you guys that might want to explore this a little bit more five love languages mm-hmm. right we we give and receive love differently like yeah. what what says love to me is different Very than good. what says love to my wife right Very good. and so i might try to love her the way i want to be loved and she tries to love me the way that she wants to be loved and if that doesn't feel like love to the one that's receiving then it's ineffective exactly right? no matter how much it feels that way to you and so yeah so while your goal my goal may be to love my wife and her goal may be to love her husband. If, mm-hmm. if we're not doing it the right way, then we're actually missing That's exactly each other. right. Man, I love that. So go ahead. I'm totally yeah. stealing that. Thank you for that. Um, Gary Chapman, by the way, Five Love Languages, great book. Um, not the only way to love people. And you're not beholden to one of those, by the way. You need to express all of them. But one hits you a little bit more than the other. So... It's, it comes back to Jesus saying the most important commandment is to love God with all that you have and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Friends, if you are committed to Jesus, that's your blueprint. That's the target. That's the bullseye. 
love God and love each other as you love yourself. Now we have the same goal. I'm still going to do things differently than Kathy. She's still going to do things differently than me, but we have the same goal. Draw nearer to Jesus, more Christ-likeness, right? And he's the one that starts that sanctification. We'll talk about that in the bread of life and we're getting, you know, if you're going to come to church or listen to a podcast, try that one because it's going to rock us. But here's what's up. We draw nearer to Jesus together. We get closer to each other. It's such a beautiful picture. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if your if your ultimate desire is to love and to honor God and to be more like Him, then you're naturally going to do a better job of loving your spouse. Absolutely, He wants that. I mean, as a matter of fact, He said that's tied for a second. Right, and that means you have to love yourself too and take care of yourself. I love that. I think often people are afraid. If I love Jesus too much or my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my husband or my wife loves Jesus too much, they won't love me. Not if they're following Jesus. They're going to love others way better than they would without him. Right. And the problem, I think, may come where is then they want you to then also be more like Jesus. Ooh. And we may not want that all the time, right? And so <laughs> so if my, if my spouse or my significant other is, is pursuing Jesus and wanting to be like Jesus, then their, their life is going to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if my life doesn't look like that, either either overtly they're going to be like, hey, you need to fall in line here. You need to Gosh, also be, be pursuing this. Or, or just maybe subliminally, mm. we'll start to, to maybe feel uncomfortable, awkward, yeah. judged, whatever, because we know that our life is not lining up with that. And so it doesn't, doesn't automatically create you know, this perfect marriage <laughs> if one of you is, is pursuing Jesus or right. maybe at a different pace of, of pursuit or whatever. So there's still going to be some things you got to work out there. That's really good. Right? But if you're both moving towards Jesus, then, then you're going to be able to love each other better. And I, I agree. And I think working that out is like the idea of sanctification, right? Being made holy less of me more of god marriage is a great spot for that that you're learning how it's not all about you i love what you said that confession is my confession as well i've learned in my fatherhood how childish i still am Mm -hmm. and i've learned in my husbandry if you will right in marriage i am really selfish and i don't like to lay down my life because back to the marital love is like death it is death it's dying to myself. It's giving up. And people are like, don't give up you. Oh, look, you're not the prize. God has got something much better for you than you. It's more of him. Right. And so yeah, continuing with that, uh, this, this, the same book, kind of on the, the same lines about the marital love is like death, continues on. He says, marriage is a call to die. And a man who does not die for his wife mm-hmm. does not come close to the love to which he is called. That's exactly right. Holy smokes. I got to look that book up. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're men, so we're going to go ahead and target mostly men in this uh, particular uh, conversation just to, you know, want to keep it, keep it safe for us. For us to, Uh, and and we can also, you know, relate obviously better to, better to that. But um, what, what is a passage that, uh, that we can point to for maybe some, some help with kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, you guys, I know that I've already said it and I've talked about it a lot if you've listened, but Ephesians 5 uh, is one of, if not the greatest passage for me with marriage. Uh, all of it, the whole chapter, but you get to 521 that starts with submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then you go literally the next verse that says, wives, 
And then 25 says husbands. And it's saying, here's what to do, how to do it. But it's death. It's admitting. It's laying down your life. It's doing what's best for the other person. And it's really, really challenging. But the end of it says, this is a profound mystery. It's talking about Christ in the church. Listen, you guys, Jesus laid down his life for us. He made us holy. He paid a price for us. He's calling us as men to do that for our wives and wives to submit. Isn't like just submit to some domineering man, but like don't try to control. Watch and trust. Listen, I will say this. Any abuse that's going on needs to be stopped. needs to be addressed. Please report that. Talk to trustworthy Christian counselors, Christian men and women in your life, pastors, get to that. But I am saying this is the passage for me, John. Colossians 3 is a close second. So. Yeah. So the, so the passage there in Ephesians um, definitely gets some backlash mm-hmm. thrown, thrown at it, thrown at those who talk about it or preach <laughs> exactly. it, right? Yep. Maybe help us understand maybe some of what the backlash is. Mm-hmm. And then maybe why we need to look differently Amen. at the passage. Yeah, thank you. It's because for lots and lots of years, and this has happened also with enslaving people. And so a lot of times people felt like women were property and then other human beings are property through slavery and all that. We've weaponized the word submit. And it's not just men, but lots and lots of it has been because of men. And we're like, no, you're supposed to submit to me. Now, I'm going to be honest. It doesn't say in this passage, wives submit to your husbands if they're really good guys and if they really do what they're supposed to do and they're always laying down their lives for you. But husbands, it's a lot easier to submit to us when we're being like Jesus. And that's the answer to this. That's what makes this the whole thing. The Bible, Christianity, living it out so to speak is when we actually take jesus at his word and look like him he laid down his life he could have come and dominated everybody Mm -hmm. instead he served and he gave and he's calling men to do that now we can't always just acquiesce there's sometimes where our spouse there's sometimes where our kids sometimes where our friends they want to go a direction that God has made very clear is a no-go. And we've got to stand up and say, no, we're not going to do that. And here's why. But you don't do it like, shut up, I'm the man. I told you that. You submit to me. Right. Again, weaponizing that is not going to be anywhere near fruitful. Right. It is just going to actually cause all kinds of damage. Even if people do what you tell them to do, it's ultimately going to backfire bad. Um, but I will say, I'll bring it back to Ephesians 5.21. It's submit to one another out of reverence, fear, awe of Christ. You are not just doing what you're doing for your spouse. You're doing it as an honor to Jesus. So First and foremost, you? like primarily, right? Come that's that's nice. your focus yep. is, is what are you doing for Jesus? And, and so, yeah, this is, this is the, the standard, right? This is the, the mm. call. But as humans, we're going to... Grew this up, yeah. right? And so, so we definitely can understand why uh, people from from their experiences and from from what they've seen and, and heard and all that um, are are going to balk at this. They're going to hesitate mm-hmm. because it has just been devastating in in either in their life or maybe someone else's life that they know, and it's been misused. And that doesn't that doesn't change the the standard though, right? And no. so we've talked a lot. Um, it's not usually in regards to to marriage, but kind of this this idea 
um, of, of people not wanting to follow Jesus or thinking Jesus is a jerk or whatever because mm-hmm. of his followers yeah. being imperfect followers, right? Yeah. And so we've, we've kind of used this analogy that if, if you go to a math class and you've got this great professor and he's teaching you calculus and then you take the test and you are wrong, was it, was it the book's fault? Was it the teacher's fault? Mm. I mean, maybe, because they're not perfect either. And right. so the, this analogy falls apart a little bit. But, but no, just because you, you missed the question doesn't mean that mm. the teaching was wrong. Exactly. Right? And so a sim- similar kind of thing. Because we've seen wow. this maybe misused, misapplied, mm-hmm. um, abused, doesn't make the teaching wrong. No. Doesn't change the standard. Nice. Right? Exactly. And so... Uh, so I think we have to keep that in mind. And then and then what you talked about, too, uh, is depending on where you start reading in Ephesians 5, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you start with, wives, submit to your husbands, then, yeah, I could see why there may be some, some cringing, some, uh, some like, say what? Um, but if you, if you start, hey, mutually submit to one another, mm-hmm. right? So that you're both, you're both submitting. Yep. And, then, and then also remember that it, Jesus set that example. Totally right. He he right. he set the, he's first and foremost submitted to his father, right? That's he right. submitted to the, the the rulers on earth. He allowed them to kill him, wow. Even though he could have stopped them, right? He didn't have to do that. He no. he willingly chose to submit. That's outstanding. And so I'm not definitely don't hear me saying, oh well, he he submitted to abuse and death. So so you, so, so you should submit to that. No, that's no. not at all what I'm saying. Just saying that uh, our example is is Jesus, mm. and the always yeah, and the call to to husbands is lay down your life like we've been talking about for your wife. That's right, and and so you you brought up something great. I love to talk about Ephesians five, and then I just talk about the last seven or eight, ten verses. Ephesians five one says, "Be imitators of God as dearly beloved children." Ephesians 4.32, right before that, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave us. Mm -hmm. It goes on to the back, well, if you will, to the front from one all the way to four, sets this up, talks about unity and working hard on it. Then Ephesians 6 talks about the fact that we're in a battle and we need spiritual armor. And the armor is the armor of God. And so that we've got this battle going on. Ephesians is a great book, everybody. It's not just Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 is cherry picking, but if you just cherry pick, then you're going to miss out on it. And that's a really pretty quick read, too. Right. So. Which, I mean, that's a great, uh, I guess, um, great great uh, way to say, hey, don't, don't, don't cherry pick. Don't uh, proof text. Don't pull verses out of context either to support your case or to you know go against oh, someone sure. else's case right um, and so yeah read it, read it in context read the whole thing and and under understand what it's saying you know as a whole not oh, just these, these little pieces mm, that's good I appreciate that so much yeah so we're we're kind of getting a, a little long here on the the day um, and so we're we're probably gonna wrap this up here but uh, we we haven't really gotten into not, we haven't at all gotten into um, kind of what we're seeing in our society in regards to marriage, uh, both within the church with just the, within culture with you know same sex marriage, divorce, 
all of those kinds of things. We don't we don't have time to get into all of that today. Um, so maybe maybe that's a, a separate discussion at a, at a later time. But I want to I don't know. I'll definitely give you a chance to to have some some closing thoughts too. But um, want to come to you guys with the the marriage and the mystery of the gospel by Ray Ortland. I, I mistakenly referenced it earlier. Um, but he says in there that marriage is not the private property of the Christian church. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So obviously we believe in marriage. We believe it's instituted by, by God. Uh, we believe we should, should you know, defend it and support it and all that, right? But we don't, we don't own it. Like non-Christians can get married. Yep. Right? And do. And do. Um, but we absolutely, if we're going to say, that it's important if we're going to say it's ordained and established by God. Like, shouldn't shouldn't we really be like the most pro marriage as it was as it was intended? Shouldn't we fight for our marriages? That's shouldn't good. we support people's fighting for their marriages? Shouldn't we like do do these things? Because while we don't own marriage. We, we should be proponents for for Ooh, marriage that's right so good. and so yes. so how can how can we do that in our in our own lives how can we do that for those around us yes. uh, fight for one another support one another encourage one another um, and so so definitely wanted to want to get that out there but also the other going back to the the other book that I mentioned disciplines of a godly man is a, a couple of questions at the end of the chapter that uh, I Again, this is written to men, so uh, just use this for your context. If you're if you're a wife, maybe s- switch the <laughs> switch the wording. But uh, question: Is my wife more like Christ because she is married to me? Come on, or is she like Christ in spite of me? Ooh-wee. And so, obviously, wives, you can flip that around. Um, but this was a, this was a call to men, a challenge to men, and it definitely definitely hit me of mm. how how can I, in the way I live my life, the way I treat my wife, how can I help her to be more like Christ? Mm. Because I want to be more like Christ, not just despite the what I'm doing. That's right? so good. Gosh, I I really can't add to that. I just want to pray for marriages, and I want to thank God. So let's do that real quick. Yeah. Father, I want to thank you so much for marriage. I want to thank you for loving us better than any husband could love his wife. And may we as a church love you better than any wife could love her husband. We need you and we know that you're faithful to complete the work you begin in us and to make us holy and good and righteous. God, marriage is under attack. Marriage has been optional for so many people. And we as Christians have not always modeled well what it means to be a submissive people. So may we do better at that by your grace. May we look to be the kind of people who build into our families a pro-marriage stance, that we're for marriage the way you said so, committed to one another, being husband and wife, man and woman, submitted to you and to each other in that order. And God, may we allow you to take the tension spots and give us traction where we would grow closer to you, not just sit there spinning our wheels. So many things, Lord. And I thank you again. Thanks for this time with John. And thank you for your word that we've been able to talk about. But marriage, which you instituted, you actually get to be the one that owns it. So thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us for yes, Pastors sir. and Pizza. Aaron, as always, it's been been good hanging with you thanks, and brother. having some pizza and discussion. Yes. And, um, until... Thanks for all the work on the frozen pizza. Oh, moment. absolutely. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, we've got a couple of exciting episodes coming up soon. We're hoping to, to get about two of these out a month, so hopefully you guys are enjoying them. Get ready. Uh, let, your, let your friends and family and neighbors know. Tell the world. We, we almost had our, our second uh, pizza purchase as a result of the show, but they ended up going somewhere else. So <laughs> Almost. <laughs> almost. So Anyway, thanks you guys Bye. for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Pastors and Pizza. Bye now. This has been Pastors and Pizza, a production of Crosswater Community Church in Sultan, Washington. Check us out online at crosswaterchurch.org. We meet every Sunday morning at 9 and 1045 on the corner of 3rd and Birch in Sultan. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us that five-star review, and we hope to see you soon. Bye. Adios.